listening to Nightlight. Hi, and welcome back to Nightlight. Melvin's back with us on the program today to teach us another in his new series of Bible classes. Now, these are really important key classes that are really worth you giving your full attention to. I personally have been greatly strengthened by them, as have many others. And I'm really looking forward to this new class that you're going to hear on the show today. And I'm speaking to Melvin over Skype from his home near San Antonio in Texas. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Today I want to teach on the authority of the believer Uh, In my life, it has changed uh, so much. And even my walk with the Lord has changed because now my, you know, my time with the Lord is not begging, asking for something. My time with the Lord is basically fellowshipping with Him. And like, I I don't know if I shared in the last class about, uh, you know, fellowship and relationship. Our our relationship with the Lord is, is never broken. It is always there. But our fellowship can can be broken in the sense when we are not walking in faith and getting into all kinds of trouble, you know, fellowship can be broken. But of course, we can get it back anytime we want by, you know, asking the Lord to forgive us and to move on. You know, another thing sometimes I would like to teach on is about uh, speaking in tongues. Okay. Uh, you know, I used to know that for many years, but I never really, you know, I would speak in a little bit, you know, maybe two minutes or something here or there, but I never really understood what the Bible had to say about it in the New Testament. And once I started studying it, now I speak like an hour, hour and a half a day in tongues. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing the number of revelations the Lord gives me when I speak in tongues. It's just, it's just amazing. It's just, and I don't, I know it, you know, speaking in tongues has a bad reputation attached to it because sometimes people misuse it for personal promotion or to show that they're spiritual. That's right. But the fact about speaking in tongues is, is just an amazing thing. And the more I do it, when I read the word, things become so much more clearer to me. Hmm. And it's like, you know, the Bible says, stare of the gift that is within you. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it because, you know, that's a different topic and that can take me a long time. Well, we'll look forward to that one. And it's amazing because, you know, I speak like four Indian languages, right? But the funny thing is when I speak in tongues, I cannot recognize anything from any of those languages. It's not like my mind is going into and taking out from my wealth of words that I know from different languages. Right. It doesn't. It's just completely brand new and it is, you know, it's just amazing. And when we have time, we'll record one of those. And I know it'll be a big blessing to most of the Christians who hear it, right? Nightlight. The authority of the believer is a topic that has been neglected by the church at large. The mainstream Christianity has completely rejected it. In the early 1900s, uh, the Pentecostal movement, when it came out, you know, they started speaking in tongues and also they started using some authority. But it got messed up because of not having a clear 
word-based teaching on it. So people, you know, heard somebody else doing it and they would go ahead and do it. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't work, but they really didn't have an understanding of what this authority is. Right. And also, is this authority given to everybody or is it only given to, you know, certain leaders or certain people? And when people are not able to utilize that authority, they always go back to the, you know, understanding that, oh, it's only for certain people. Uh, my brother, in 1986, he was a pastor and he, he walked in authority. You know, he would uh, lay hands on people, they would get healed. Uh, he cast out demons, he did a lot of stuff. I was there watching it. But I really didn't go for it because, you know, at that time, in 85, I wasn't saved. And I didn't really believe what he was teaching. That's interesting. But later on, I started studying on it, especially in the last few years from the Word of God. And I realized that it's actually something that is given to all Christians. Everyone who is born again, who's become a child of God, who has the Spirit of God inside of him, has the same authority. Yes. And it is not given to only the leaders or to pastors or to certain people. It is something that the Father, through Jesus, has given to us so that when we walk on this earth, we have authority over demonic forces and every works of Satan. The Bible says that Jesus, for this reason, was, you know, the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so when Jesus went up, you know, after the 40 days, he gave that authority to us. We're going to study that from the scriptures, but I'm just giving you an outline of it. And so God doesn't expect his children to face demonic oppression and sickness and depression and all of those negative things that come against us in our own strength. He made it possible so that we can walk in that authority if we do believe it, right? Praise God. But a lot of times we don't believe we have that authority. And so we always ask God to intervene and take care of certain situations that God has told us to handle it by His Spirit and by the Word and by the name of Jesus Christ. So for many years, I never even thought about it is because I never heard anyone teach on it or preach on it so much, at least not where it is common. I was always told that, oh, you have to be a specially spiritual person in order to have this authority. So I never considered myself very spiritual, so I never got into studying it. But now I know beyond a shadow of doubt from the Word of God that it is His will for every born-again Christian to walk in authority. Mm -hmm. And so we need to go up and see why God gave us this authority. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to see that uh, we were created, you know, when God created us, He created us for a purpose. The first purpose, of course, we know was to, you know, fellowship with the Father. And, you know, so God can interact and fellowship with the children who were basically in the image of, image of God. But if you look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, Simon, you want to read that? And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And the next one? 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Okay, so God made us in his image and in his likeness, like a duplicate. And the first thing God thought about man was that let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fall of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So that was God's will that, you know, man would take authority, would have dominion over all of his creation. That's why God gave the earth to man and made it his responsibility. So Adam and Eve basically had authority over all of God's creation. Now, if you see in this picture, Satan had not entered the picture. Next verse, God did what he thought was the best thing to do, to create man in, you know, in his likeness and have dominion. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female created he them. So now God did the creation. And then God blessed them. Now we're going to see this word blessed in the New Testament. But this is the old one. And it says, God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. See, that is where your authority comes in. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish. Okay, so in verse 26, God was talking, of course, you know, to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's create man in our image and let's give him dominion over everything, right? Right. And then next verse, he says he did that. And in verse 28, he blessed them with what he thought and what he created them to be. He blessed them, and when he blessed them, that is when Adam and Eve was able to receive their authority to be able to replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over everything, right? So once God did that, now Adam and Eve was responsible for being blessed. Okay. They were blessed with that authority, that power, the dominion, and all of that. Now, Satan was an archangel, right? From the Bible, he was an angel. He was, you know, highly exalted. He was in the, you know, he walked among the presence of God, all of that. Now, Satan wanted to take this authority because he wasn't happy. He wanted this thing that Adam and Eve had. So when he came to the Garden of Eden, he tried to convince Adam and Eve that the reason God doesn't want you to eat from the fruit is because you're going to be like him. Now, we have to understand that Adam and Eve were already created in the image of God, except without the knowledge of good and evil, because they didn't need that. So now Satan came in and convinced them they needed this extra knowledge. And by doing so, Adam and Eve obeyed Satan instead of God. So this obedience changed everything. Now, if you go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 16. Romans 6, 16 Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Yeah, see, that's exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve chose to obey Satan, he became their master and they became the servant. Whatever the servant has now became the master. See, that's how... Satan legally took over uh, from Adam and Eve, you know, the authority that was given to, 
to them, the dominion. That's how Satan was able to take over. And God couldn't step in and stop it because he took it legally. He didn't force Adam and Eve. He talked to them and they chose to obey him instead of God. That's right. And see, that's how there was a transfer. Now, for a long time, uh, you know, I believe that God had given Satan the authority to be on the earth and to control and, you know, to bring sickness and to bring, you know, destruction and all of that. Yes. But we know from God's word that is not so true because when Jesus was on the earth and Satan tempted him, uh, you know, after 40 days he fasted and Satan gave him three temptations, right? One of the temptations was for this power. If you go to Luke chapter 4. Luke 4 verse 5. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the next one, Simon? And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. The next one? If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Okay, so this is really interesting because here is uh, the devil telling Jesus that if you bow down and worship me, I can give you all these kingdoms, right? He showed Jesus the kingdoms in a moment of time, and I believe it includes the future kingdoms. He showed Jesus and said, if you bow down to me, I will give this to you because it is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I can give it. Now, the question is, who delivered it to him? Now, God did not create the, you know, the heaven and the earth, uh, especially the earth, and give it to Satan. He wasn't the ruler. He, he had given it to Adam and Eve, or to the sons of men, right? But Satan, he got it from somebody. It says, it delivered unto me, and that is in the Garden of Eden. And of course, through the ages, by the manipulation of the mind of man, he was able to get more and more of people to agree with him and obey him instead of God. And so he started becoming the God of this world. You know, the, the amazing thing here is when Satan said, I can give it to anyone I want because it has been delivered to me, Jesus never told him that you're lying. Right. Because Jesus knew he was the God of this world. And so he didn't argue with Satan. He didn't say, no, you're lying. You, you are not the, you know, you don't have this, uh, this authority to give it to me. All he said was, you know, no, I cannot worship you because we only worship God. So he talked about the worship part, but he never dealt with Satan with what he was saying. So Satan had this authority and this power, and he was using it in the world to manipulate and control the people. Now, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay, so we know from the Bible, God of this world is Satan. You know, God owns the earth. I mean, God is, you know, he owns everything on the earth, but he had given it as a lease unto man. Man was supposed to take care of it. So once God gave it to man, now man was responsible. And so when he chose to give it to somebody else, God could not just interfere because that would not be justice. And because God is a just God, he didn't interfere, but he, he came up with a solution on how he can return this authority back to man through Jesus Christ. Right. 
So here it says, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them that believe not. Of course, that first part, he's talking about people have, who have not come to the gospel, who have not received Christ. He has kept their minds blinded, lest the glorious gospel, the light of the glorious gospel can shine upon them. Right. But once you receive Christ, and now you are in the light, you became a Christian, he will do all he can to keep our minds blinded to the truth of this authority, or who we are in Christ, which includes all of that. And so he succeeded because the early church walked in authority. Everybody walked in authority. They knew authority. They knew uh, what it means to be a new creature. But, you know, the Catholic Church that was kind of promoted by, you know, one of the Roman rulers, you know, brought all of these little groups of Christians and they made it forcibly under one church. Yes. And the first thing they kind of did was not to bring out the gospel to the people. So, you know, through the years, the gospel was hidden from the common man or from the common people. And they did not teach this authority as something that can be available to everybody. Yes. Only like some priests, they use that to cast out demons and things like that. So the church or the Christians were in bondage and they did not have this light of the gospel preached to them. And so for many years, people lived under that, you know, under the darkness till God started in the end time. The Lord really wants us to walk in this authority. So he's opening up the scriptures and giving revelations to people to be able to understand that, yes, we have this authority and we can walk in it. But Satan is there to blind us to this, this particular uh, blessing that God has given us. And so we have a background on how Satan started taking over the, the authority and the dominion. Now, if you go to Psalms 115, Simon, and we're going to go to verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Yeah, so, you know, we know that the earth was given to the children of men, not to Satan, not for him to rule but it was given to us. Of course, the heavens are the Lord's. You know, we are not interfering with it. And that's why when, you know, when I hear about people going to moon, going to, you know, Mars and Jupiter, all of that, I'm not sure how successful that's going to be. Huh, that's interesting. Because the heavens, even the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth is given it to us. Now, this is, you know, many, many years after our Garden of Eden. So, God is, tell, is still telling us that we are in charge. We can rule over this earth if we believe that it belongs to us. If we believe that, you know, Satan is all-powerful and he's controlling the world politically through sickness, through disasters, then we will take a back seat and we will never step out and use our authority. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Seven, uh, I know I don't try to boast or anything, but since I've been studying on this and, you know, learning more about it, there are times that, you know, I'm kind of stuck with, uh, with the weather and I just, you know, in the name of Jesus, speak to the weather and, you know, in five, six minutes, it changes from total darkness to start the sunlight starting to come in. Wow. Now, okay, that's from the Old Testament. There is more, but I'm just going to go back, you know, go into the New Testament and show us, you know, from the Bible how God has given us this authority. Now, what Adam lost in the Garden of Eden 
When Jesus came as the Son of Man, he demonstrated that if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you can do what the Spirit can do through you. So when he was on the earth, he had absolute authority over sickness and disease, over demons, uh, even over weather, over trees, over the fish. He called, he told Peter, Peter, throw your net on the right side of the, of the boat. Peter's been fishing in the same sea. And when he did, you know, his net was filled with fish. Yes. When Jesus had to pay taxes, he told you know, Peter, go, go fishing and, you know, you'll find the coin in the fish's mouth. See, he had absolute authority over nature, over demonic forces, over sickness and disease. See, he, he came to demonstrate that. Wow. So that after he went up to heaven, people that believe in him could actually do what he did. Wow. We have this understanding that when Jesus was on the earth, he actually, you know, because he was a son of God, he was able to do all those things. But he didn't do that because the Bible says before he came to the earth, he made himself of no reputation. He stripped himself of the power. So when he was born as a human being, even though he was a son of God, you know, that means he had no, he had, he had no sin nature. So he didn't sin. But... He started his ministry after the Holy Spirit came upon him at the, at the Jordan River after John the Baptist baptized him. He says that, you know, the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. You see, from that time on, when he went to, the, you know, to be tempted, from that time on, his fame, the Bible says, went abroad, all over. You know, he started his ministry, he was walking, and many a time he told people, you know, the Son of Man has the authority, Son of Man has the power. He always said that. He didn't say, okay, as a Son of God, I'm doing these things. Because if, if, if it was so, then his disciples could not have done it. Of course, we'll, we'll get into the Bible on that. So Jesus came to put back and give us the authority, not just over the earth, over the fish and the animals, but also over all demonic powers and principalities and dominion. See, so as a Christian, we have a double authority here. We, we also have the authority that was given to Adam, but we also have this authority over all the power of the devil. Now, of course, you know, sometimes people think this authority means we can have authority over uh, human beings. No, nowhere in the Bible it says that you have authority over people. We don't have authority over people. What we have is authority over demonic forces and anything that Satan is bringing into the world. That is sickness and disease or any kind of destruction. We have the authority and the power to exercise it. Praise God. And so a lot of times Christians believe that you know, if Satan comes against them or if, if something comes against them, they're going to call upon God and then God is going to get rid of the devil, like I shared in my first class with the hindrances to faith. But that's not how it works in the New Testament. In the New Testament, God has given us this authority and he wants us to use it. And as we use it, he backs it up. You're right. It's nightlight. That's like a background on it. And, you know, so Jesus came to put this back in us to everyone that believes in him. And I'll show you proof from the Bible. And so I believe with all of my heart in the end time, God is looking for more people to walk in this authority. And of course, the religious churches and religious people, they're going to go against it. 
and they're going to say, no, this all passed away a long time ago. It was only for the disciples, you know, then, you know, but it's not according to the Bible. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Simon, the book of Ephesians is actually one of the most important chapters on authority. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to go down to verse 16. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay, so... Here Paul is talking to the to the church and he's praying and he's he's expecting God, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now Simon, this authority to understand this, we can't understand it with a carnal mind. It has to be something that when we study the word and when we are prayerfully asking God to reveal it to us, now wisdom and revelation is given unto us in the knowledge of him. It's about Christ Jesus, right? But a lot of times we don't do that. What we do is we read a verse and we try to understand the verse with a carnal mind. And we can understand a little bit and, you know, but... The full revelation comes when the word is meditated upon and the spirit reveals what it really means. And that's what Paul is praying here. And Simon, can you read the next one? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He says, you got to have your eyes of your understanding enlightened. He says, when you know that, you know what the hope of your calling is going to be. Now, a lot of times we think the word calling there is, okay, you know, I want to be a missionary, I want to be a doctor. No, no, it's talking about in him, in Christ. Oh, really? Why did God call us, right, to be his children on this earth? He could have taken us, the minute we got saved, we could have gone to heaven and not have to go through this world and all its problems. But there is a greater purpose than that. And that purpose is to be able to know what his calling is, who we are in Christ, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Simon, could you read the next one? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? Okay, so what is the exceeding greatness of his power? See, this is what he's called us to. The hope of his calling and what is the glory of the inheritance in the saints. And Paul says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? See, that verse right there breaks all wrong teachings that the power is only to certain people or to chosen ones, or to some, you know, great uh, teacher or pastor. No, it says right here, this power is towards who believe. Now, do we believe? Are we believers? Yes. Yes, so we are believers, so this power is given to us, to every child of God. Wow. Now, it is not our power, you know, we are not walking in our power. This is the power that is delegated, or the authority that is delegated to us from Jesus Christ. But it's given to us so that in this world, we can use it against the enemy, not only for our sake, but also for the sake of other people. Amen. Now, the idea that only the apostles, or the, sorry, the 12 people, disciples had this power. Paul was not a disciple. He was not one of the 12. 
he came much later. But the fact is that this is for anyone who is born again. Simon, could you read the next verse? Verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Okay, so, you know, God is saying very clearly here, this power... He wrought in Christ when he raised him from the, from the dead. It never happened before. Like in the Old Testament, you know, the Spirit would come upon the prophets and kings and stuff. And there was a power for a certain time, like Saul, right? He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. But then the Bible says the Spirit left him and an evil spirit came upon him and started uh, troubling him. Right. See, in the Old Testament, this was not a permanent thing because Jesus had not died for it to become permanent. But here it says he wrought this in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So that is when this power was freely given to every child of God. Now, we have a choice to thank God for this authority that he's given us, this power he's given us, and ask God to teach us how to walk in it. And as we learn to walk in it, now we can walk as Jesus walked on the earth. That's right. Praise God. Now, that is God's will for every child of God. It doesn't matter if you're a missionary or a teacher, you know, you're a doctor in a hospital, people that cannot be healed otherwise, you can lay hands on them. And, you know, as a doctor, you could minister healing by the power of God. Now, you could be working in a factory and there's an accident. You can step in there and heal that person. See, it doesn't have to be just for missionaries. It can be to any Christian in any walk of life. Wow. See, the devil does his business. How does he do it? He uses people, right? He convinces people to do things bad, to kill people, to rape, you know, teenage girls, to plant bombs. See, he uses people. And he's using it all over the world, in every country, in every nation, you know, in every village. People are killing each other because Satan is influencing them to do it. Yes. But God has given us this authority and power to walk on this earth and to be able to counteract that and bring his kingdom. Of course, you know, we are waiting for the, the natural kingdom when Jesus rules in the millennium. But he wants, you know, Jesus said... Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was talking about today. But because we as Christians have not gotten this revelation, we haven't sought for it, and we are happy with, you know, God is supplying my needs, you know, uh, I'm happy, you know, I'm doing something here, uh, nothing is going wrong with me, so I'm happy. But all of those things are going to change because the world is getting worse and worse, and God is looking for people, his children, that can take on this responsibility. Uh, Simon, could you read the next two verses? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. And the next one, Simon? Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Okay, so, you know, Jesus, before he came to the earth, he had all authority and power. But the reason he came to the earth is so that he can transfer that power legally by becoming a human being and then dying on the cross, going to hell, not just to forgive our sins, but also so that he can transfer this authority to the church. So Jesus was put in a seat of authority, the right hand of God, 
above all principality and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in the world to come so jesus you know was given an authority and power and a position over all existing you know principalities and powers he's talking about demonic powers right and of course you know any power that's in heaven he's above it and hath put all things under his feet now for a long time i thought this under his feet was talking over under the feet of jesus christ right but if you if you read the verse it says and gave him to be the head of all things to the church so jesus is the head and the body is the church we know that paul talks about it in many scriptures peter talks about it we are the body right fitly joined together so the feet is at the at the bottom like if you're standing up the feet is you know the part that touches the ground right right so it's not just that the dominions and demonic forces are under jesus but is actually under a christian who is born again because we are the feet we are the church now he's the head but now he's using his authority through the church on this earth he's not directly confronting himself with the demonic world but he's using the church to be able to do that right right now simon long time ago when i was in india you know i was on a uh, like we call it a road trip right i was on a road trip with a new disciple and we were in this remote village and they had a christian church and a lot of people who lived there i was we were going door to door and we met this one at one house there was this lady she was in her early 20s and she looked very sad and depressed and you know she was actually the pastor's daughter of that church so i was start talking to her and she and this was way before i knew anything about authority and she i was you know showing her some scriptures you know and she said that she gets a uh, demon possessed regularly and she says that at night she does crazy things and she was demon possessed something inside of me told you know to lay hands on her and pray for her so i you know i laid hands on her and i you know i, I rebuked that spirit and you know in the name of jesus and she fell down on the floor and her mouth was foaming with uh, some white stuff i don't know what it was uh, but then she was completely healed and delivered of that uh, that spirit what was bothering her right oh praise god and i didn't know any of the scriptures i just used the name of jesus and the spirit left her and so i told her you need to get into the word of god and study the word of god on a regular basis because now i don't even know i even prayed with her to, for her to get saved because i didn't know if she was saved and so this thing works yes it's not something that is only for special people it's a church and if you look at the last verse which he says which is the body which is a church the fullness of him that filleth all in all is talking about his fullness filling the body so even if we are a toenail right in the church or in the body of christ we have more authority and power than satan and all of his demonic world amen wow the thing is first thing you know the bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge see in the new testament the knowledge is what helps us to get a revelation and that's what allows the power of god to start working in us but see if our knowledge is kind of uh, vague we don't really know if god gave it to us didn't give it to us we don't have the authority of his word that tells us yes he gave it to us see then we go double minded we are going back and forth and like in james it says if you you know 
if you are double-minded, you shall not receive anything from the Lord. What it means is, it's not that God didn't give it to us. He says, if you are double-minded, you will have a hard time receiving what God has already given us. So a lot of people really don't want to get into this part of Christianity or this part of their inheritance in Christ Jesus because the devil blinds the eyes. He doesn't want us to go there. Okay, Simon, let's go to the next chapter of Ephesians and look at verse 2. Wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Okay, so here Paul is talking about before we got saved, the prince of the world, or sorry, the prince of the power of the air, it's a spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience, right? So, of course, you know, he goes on to say, but we are not any more like that because now we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit, the grace of God and the Spirit of Jesus working in us to lead and guide us into the fullness of Christ, right? Now, can we look up, sorry, the next verse uh, is 5, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And the next one? And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, you know, what, what God did for us is not because something we did, you know, not because of our own righteousness. But he said, while you were yet dead in your sins, right? That is when our spirit had a dead nature and we did all kinds of crazy things. He said, when you were dead at that time, God saved you and filled you with the Holy Spirit and raised you up. It's all by grace. Raised you up to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Yes. Okay, now the seating. Now Jesus Christ sat uh, at the right hand of God was because he did the work he's supposed to do, right? Now, the word seated is a seat represents a place of authority, right? Right. Now, you see the throne is a place of authority where the king or the queen sits. And the word they speak is the final authority on it. Right. So, we are seated with him. That means he's talking about we have this authority that Christ has. It's given to us. And we are the ones that are in the world carrying out that authority. Christ is working through us. Yes. The first thing that we have to realize and understand, in order for us to walk in this authority, we got to believe that it is God's will for us to do it, and He has provided the means for us to be able to walk in this authority. Because this authority is not it is by faith. It's not that, you know, somebody gave it to us and, you know, and we have a certificate saying that we have the authority. It is by faith. So by faith, we know that God's word says that we are seated in a place of authority with Christ and all the demonic powers are under our feet. So once you understand that, now it will motivate us to be able to want to walk in it. But just because this authority is given to us doesn't mean that we automatically walk in it. We got to believe it. And then as the power that's inside of us starts working by our faith and meditating on the word of God, now God is able to do great things for us. Inspiring you to dig deeper into God's word. You're listening to Nightlight. Uh, we are going to go to the verse 29, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 29. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, 
all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So even though we have this power inside of us and God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think or ask or think, see that's the, that's the goal that the Father has for us, is that he wants to work in us he wants to do exceedingly above that we can even think or ask. See, that is the vision the Father has for us, is to be able to, uh, He wants to work through us. But, it, you know, this power has to work inside of us according to the power that worketh in us. So even though we have all these promises, we have this authority, the power is given to us, it's only by faith you got to believe it. And when you believe it, this power starts working in us. And as the power starts working, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Wow. See, otherwise it is just stuck inside of us and we die, we go to heaven and, you know, we are not able to accomplish as much as God wants us to do on this earth. So sad. He's expecting every child of uh, his to walk in this authority because Satan is ruling the world. He has his people doing what he wants them to do all around the world. But, you know, as Christians, we are still stuck in the church hoping God is going to do something when God has told us to do something. Now, we have to understand that, you know, this authority that we have is delegated authority. What it means is that it is not our authority, it is delegated to us, it's, it's given to us from Jesus. So it's not that we have this authority, but, you know, we can you know, use this authority because it is legally given to us when Jesus rose from the dead. So when we look at the word power in the New Testament, it is sometimes translated as authority and sometimes it's translated as, as uh, ability. But the King James Version always uses the power is the same word, but they're actually in the Greek, they're two different words. One will represent the authority and the other time it represents ability. Okay. For example, you know, it's like an example that uh, some pastor was sharing about a policeman and how they have authority and power. For example, policeman, when he's standing on the street or on the, on the road and he wants to stop the traffic and he sees all these huge trucks coming towards him, he puts up his hand and he motions for them to stop. Now, the policeman himself doesn't have the ability or the natural strength to stop these trucks. He doesn't have it. Right. But his uniform, his gun, his badge is recognized by those truck drivers as someone that has an authority. So this authority is actually backed up by the state. The police department of the state, the law is actually backing up that little police guy who's actually standing on the road and putting up his hand. Now the truck drivers, they recognize this authority. The police doesn't have the ability or the power to stop this truck. Right. But his authority is recognized by the people on the, on the street. And see, that's how it works. Once you understand the authority, now Satan will start recognizing that you are now walking in authority and he will stop. He will obey what you tell him to do. But if you don't recognize that, that you have the authority and that you have the backup, of the state, of the law behind you, then your ability is not going to work. 
See, that's where a lot of people get confused. Oh, this is so key. The authority is given to us, it's delegated to us, and the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that we just read, according to His divine power, which is the power of Jesus Christ, it's not, I mean, of, of God, it's not our power. The exceeding greatness of His power to us, word who believes. So, see, God backs up His word and His authority through Jesus Christ, but we have to step out and do what God is expecting us to do. That means you got to speak. You got to speak in power. You got to speak the word of God and tell the devil to go in the name of Jesus. Whether it's sickness, disease, whatever you know is holding you down, you can speak in the name of Jesus. And they have to obey because Jesus defeated Satan 2,000 years ago and he seated at the right hand of God and he made us to sit with him in that authority. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. So, you know, we'll continue this class in the next uh, time we record it. But please start studying the scriptures and start believing that you have this authority and you will see a remarkable change and you see things happening as you step out because God is more interested in us walking in the authority of Jesus Christ than we are. Because he wants to help the world. He wants to heal the sick. He wants to raise the dead. Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith he shall have whatsoever he saith I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. To you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe ye shall receive them, and ye shall have them. Believe ye shall receive them, and ye shall have them.
That whosoever shall say unto this mountain Be thou removed And be thou cast into the sea And shall not doubt in his heart But shall believe that those things which he saith Shall come to pass He shall have whatsoever he saith He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And we're going out there with Jeremy Spencer. Melvin will be back with us on Nightlight very soon with part two of that excellent class on our authority in Jesus. Thanks for listening. I pray it's been a blessing to you. Bye for now and God bless. Nightlight.